Thank you, ladies. I appreciate the song. I appreciate these ladies, these ladies rearing another generation of children to love and serve God and to know His Word, and I appreciate their testimony. Open your Bibles again to Psalm number 9, and I want you to mark your place there. I'll look at several verses before coming back to our text passage. I love patriotism. I love America, and I love America because of America's godly history and godly heritage. You see, you can't explain the freedom of America yet. Uh, the uh, armies uh, that uh, we defeated for our independence were stronger, greater. Uh, they were uh, uh, better equipped, uh, better armed than we were. Uh, the one thing that we had was our forefathers had a faith in God, and uh, they were willing to die for the freedom of their children to be able to worship the Lord as you and I are doing so today. There's so many things I wanted to preach on today, and I, I, there's so many things. Patriotism is one of my favorite subjects, uh, and I'm reading a new book uh, today uh, by Colonel Oliver North, and uh, it is called uh, Consequences or Tragic Consequences, and it basically says uh, in the book, and I've not finished it yet, but he says in the book, I'm thankful for the military mind, equipment, strength, volunteer, all of that, but America must come back to God if we're going to keep our freedom. There must be a spiritual awakening, a spiritual revival, and I appreciate his uh, personal testimony. I could preach this morning on America's Christian history, America's Christian heritage, three different times. The United States Supreme Court, uh, they found in its, uh, in its study and research that America was founded truly as a Christian nation on the principles uh, of the Word of God. I want to preach this morning on uh, the importance of remembering God. I want you to not only listen, uh, remind you of what James says, let's not come to hear, let's come to do. And I'll say this throughout the message this morning, you and I must help America to remember God. We have to teach our children to know God. We have to teach our children to know God. We can't expect them to know what we know. They can only know what we teach them. Uh, we can't let Hollywood and cartoons rear our children. You can say amen right there. Uh, we can't let the internet and internet uh, games and video games rear our children. Our children must hide the word of God in their heart. They would not uh, sin against him. And we have to reach another generation with the gospel of Christ. We must reach another generation to preach on this morning. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray, not because I'm required to, nor because it is habit, but because I hunger for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you'd guide my mind, my thinking, my words, and all that I will say. For, Lord, this is a message that we need not just to hear. It is a message we must heed in every person, no matter who they are, I pray that you'd help us to engage in uh, with the gospel and another generation coming to know you. Bless, I pray, for your honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. From the beginning of God's instructions to man, from the beginning, God warned man, don't forget me. And don't forget who saved you. Don't forget who made you a nation, as he said, to the nation of Israel. God does not want us to forget that he is the creator of the world. 
We have to understand not only is he, he is our creator, we are made for his pleasure. You and I are supposed to be pleasing the Lord. He doesn't want to forget that he is our provider. He doesn't want us to forget that he is our protector. The Bible said that the watchman waketh in vain except the Lord keep the house. God is our protector. He doesn't want us to forget that he is the ruler of the universe. He's in control of the sun, moon, and stars, the rain, clouds, and the wind. All man can do is report on what God is in control of. The prophets reminded the nation and they remind us, don't you forget God. I don't want you to get sidetracked. I don't want you to get too busy. Did you hear what I said? Don't want you to get too busy. I don't want you to get your attention on other things to, you, to the place that you forget your creator and your redeemer. He said in the book of Deuteronomy more than once, in chapter 6 verse 12, he said, Then beware, what a strong word, beware. Then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse number 2, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his command. Thy name, O Lord, in the night I have kept thy law. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, Solomon, the wisest man to live because God gave him his wisdom. He said this, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Isaiah the prophet said, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Do you understand this morning? Do we understand God is our creator? Say amen right there. God is our creator. God is our redeemer. That's why we're here today. I mean, that, that, that's why we're here. I'm glad we get to see one another. I'm glad we get to sing. I'm glad we get the fellowship. I was telling a fellow this morning who said, I, I always watch the service online when I can't come. And I said, I'm glad. And I, I'm thankful for online. But, you know, it's like dating your girlfriend on telephone. You can't smell her perfume on telephone. I mean, that ain't nothing like being beside her. I and mean, then nothing like being in God's house. I love the house of God. And I'm glad we're here this morning. But dear friend, we're not just here to see and to be seen. We're here because of him this morning. And I want to tell you something. You get God's attention. Hey God, we want you to know we're here. By not by what we sing, but we get God's attention when we say, God, we want you to know we're here because we love you. You're our creator. You're our redeemer. There is a phrase in Psalm number 9 that caused me to want to know everything the psalmist said in this psalm. You understand a psalm is a song, so it's a repeated thing. They sang it over and over. And I want you to look at verse 19. That's where the verse and the phrase is found, where he says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that what? that forget God. It is a known statistic that the number of Americans attending church has been on the decline since the late 60s. 
Now, we can't just sit back and say, what a shame. We've got to understand the commission given to the local church is to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're not supposed to just drive by. We're supposed to have a heart, a burden for people being in the Lord's house. Why? To remember the God of heaven. Thank God for the house you live in, but God gave it to you. You say, I worked and I earned the money to pay for that house. Yes, and God gave you the strength and God gave you the mental ability and God gave you the knowledge. God gave you the ability in your profession to do what you do so you can have what you have. All praise belongs to God. There is no praise that belongs to man. And you and I must tell another generation, don't forget God. What a powerful statement. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. As I look at this psalm, the emphasis in the first part is on the joyful praise of God. And that's what the psalmist did so often. He wrote songs to put the praise of God in their mouths. To put the praise of God on their get So be it to put the praise of God in our heart. Now let's, let's face it. Sometimes we get so busy, we don't think about God. Sometimes we get so sidetracked, so many things to do. Oh, but I'm here to preach to you today. Whatever you have to do, put God first in your life and you make sure that you get to the house of God on every single week because he is worthy of our praise. This praise of this song to be sung is specifically for God's care of Israel, that nation, and then his righteous judgments on the nations that would attack his people. He said in Psalm 33 and verse number 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people he hath chosen for his own inheritance. In this psalm, you'll find, first of all, an emphasis on praising God. I want you to look at verse number 1. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart, I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Now, that's not just for Sunday morning. And that's not just for us to read about what somebody else said. It helps us to verbalize what should be the truth of our own hearts and our own minds. You ought to praise God every day. In fact, I think the first thing that you ought to do every single day, God's people ought to praise God for who he is and then thank God for what he's done. I'm preaching to you this morning. Just like I would preach against the sins of this world, I'm preaching to God's people. It's a sinful thing for you to forget God and praise God for who he is and to thank God for what he's done. We see praise in verse 1, 2, 11, and 14. You find then the theme of judgment and justice in verse number 4, 7, 8, and 16. Look at verse number 4. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause... Thou saddest in the throne judging right. Then you'll find God on his throne. And we're not here today to worship a man. We're here today to worship the God that sits on his throne. One interesting piece of history. Do you know they wanted George Washington to be the king of America? He said there is no king but one king. 
And they accepted the phrase and the term and the position of president, recognizing there can be no other king except the God that sits on his throne. And today on purpose and with purpose, I say, recognize the three in chapter 12. There has been a war going on between the forces of Satan and the forces of God. And the focus has been in the Old Testament on the nation of Israel in the New Testament at the local church of God's people. That battle has raged since Satan entered the Garden of Eden and it will rage until our King of Kings comes back to bring judgment on this world. Now you and I are supposed to be in the battle for right. This psalm is divided into two parts. First of all, we find personal praise in verses 1 through 8. Now, David is praising God for what he has done in the protection of the nation of Israel. Keep in mind, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. David offers wholehearted praise to the Lord for delivering him and his army from the enemy nations that attacked Israel. Let me bring something to your attention. God told Israel... You will always face nations that are greater and mightier and stronger than you are. But he said, you have a difference maker. I'm on your side. Now, that's always been encouragement to us as we have faced battles and enemies that are greater than us. We always want to be on the side of right. It was asked of Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War, do you think God's on our side? He said, I'm not concerned about God being on my side. I'm concerned about being on God's side. And so he praises God. His joy, don't miss this statement now, his joy was in the Lord, not just in the great victory that he had been given, and he wanted to tell everybody about God's wonderful works. I want to say this morning when I celebrate America, and I do, I celebrate the great works that God has wrought for us because of righteousness. Are you with me this morning? The monuments, the patriotic songs, the paintings, the memorials that point us not just to victory, but to the God of the victory. Let us never elevate the nation above the God that blessed our nation. Let us never uh, uh, elevate the cause of a righteous remnant. God has blessed our nation. That's what he's saying in these first eight verses. David describes victory in verses three through six that uh, should be read in the past tense of what God has done for them. Then the second part of the psalm is a national praise and telling how God shelters his people. This is so encouraging. Now, now God, you say, does God keep us ever from suffering harm? No, but God always gives us refuge. You understand the worst thing can happen to a Christian is this. Die and go to heaven. So why not fight for the cause of right? Why not stand for the cause of right? In verses 9 through 20, he focuses on the people of the land and David, notice in verse number 9, he refers to the oppressed. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. There have been and there are times of trouble in our nation today. Our nation's not where it ought to be. 
thank God we've made some improvement just in, in, in this month, in this past month. We've been blessed in America again. And we see the result of sowing and reaping. Uh, just on Friday, uh, there was a ruling of the Supreme Court that said bureaucrats is established to rule through Congress, not bureaucrats in the EPA. It was a huge win for freedom, for what is right in the case of West Virginia versus the EPA. And here he talks about the oppressed saying, even though there are times as Job faced and David faced and Nehemiah faced and Ezra faced and Haggai faced, even though there are times that you're oppressed, I want you to know God is on your side and I want you to continue to praise him and I want you to continue to serve him. Are you with me this morning? Notice the refuge. Look at verse number 10. Verse number 9, the Lord is our refuge. Verse number 10, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. The very purpose of my message this morning is to say, don't forget God. Talk about God at home. Talk about the goodness of God at home. Tell, tell your little babies when they're small, you see the sun? God made the sun. God put the sun. God makes the rain to fall. God puts the moon in the sky in the night. God put the stars up there. God created you. You're a special being made in the image of God. David talks about the refuge. Then he talks about the avenger and tells them that God is our avenger and he will not fail us. As I read verses 11 through 17, I have a flood of memories as I've read American history and the battles that America has won that we should not have won if you looked at statistics. Aren't you glad God doesn't look at statistics and get afraid? God's just in control. Today, this afternoon, is a funeral for uh, Woody Williams. 98 years of, old, uh, of age, 98 years old, World War II veteran, the last of the Medal of Honor recipients of World War II. Brother Chuck Harding will take part in that funeral service this afternoon. And at 4 o'clock, he'll be giving the gospel in that funeral. The family has asked him to, uh, to do that. What a blessing. We, 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 we're blessed. And, and, and the Bible says in verses 11 through 17, God will not fail us. Let's look at those verses. Sing praise to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou, thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that, uh, that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is sent to hell and all the nations that forget God. You know what he is reminding us of, child of God? If you keep God in your mind and your heart and praise him as you, as you should, God will always bless that kind of a people and that kind of a nation. Israel's calling was to bear witness to the nations that Jehovah is the only true and living God. Israel was a priestly nation. May I say that you and I are a priestly people.
people. We're a part of his local church. And I'm thankful for the benefits and blessings of the church. All but, dear friend, the purpose of the church is to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not finished by just coming to church today. You ought to tell somebody about Christ this week. You ought to tell somebody about Christ this week. Christ is the hope of eternal life. Christ is the hope of your life, your family, your marriage, our nation. We need to tell others about Christ. He says that God will not forget them. God makes this strong nation, uh, this strong statement about the nations in verse number 17. The wicked that shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. God would fight for his own and we've seen it many times through our history as a nation and even as a local church of his people. God would punish the wicked and turn them upside down when they attacked the right and the righteous and he warns the nations that have known him, don't you forget me. We need not only a revival of preaching in our nation about the goodness and the greatness and the salvation of God. We need churches planted in states and towns across our nation. We need young men to give their lives for the preaching of the gospel. We need young men to give their lives in full-time service for the hope of America is not in the strength of man, but it's in the power of God and his gospel. We cannot forget God. We cannot forget God. He told them, the children of Israel, when you go into the land, talking about the law, and I want you to write it down, and I want you to put it on your children, on pieces of paper. I want you to put it on the wall. I want you to put it on the post of your house and the entering of the gates. I want you to never forget that God is the giver of life and the giver of freedom. I wish I could sit down with every single person I'm talking about every single boy and every single girl and say, fellas, listen, if you forget God, your life will be turned into disaster. Keep God first in your life. Keep God first in your life. All the potential that each of us have to do a work for God, the potential that these young men and young ladies have, oh, how we need to give our lives to God. Amen. Now, tonight, I'm going to give you an example of what happens to a nation that forgets God. And I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah came to the nation of Israel as a prophet. The book of Isaiah is a complex book and yet so many simple truths that we can see in our lives and apply to our lives today. In the book of Isaiah, we have the picture of a nation that was a great, great nation. And this nation has been brought to destruction. Thank God there were times of revival. But it was brought to destruction. You know why? Is it reason? They forgot God. They forgot God. They got too busy to go to church on Sunday. They got too busy to pray in the morning. They got too busy to read the Word of God. And I'll give you just a simple outline of what I'm going to preach tonight. 
of a nation that forgot God. In verse number 2, it begins with ingratitude. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord have spoken. I have nursed and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. That ingratitude rebelled against me. How sad it is to see a child that's been given life rebel against their parents. There's nothing as ugly as rebelling against your parents. I'd rather be obedient as cool. I'd rather be obedient as accepted by the rebellious heathen of the world. After ingratitude, they do ignorant things. Look at verse number 3. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, doth not consider. They become ignorant of the fact that God is their provider. That brings sin. Or verse 4, we see iniquity. Ah, sinful nation. A people laden with iniquity. A seed of evildoers. Children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. Notice iniquity. Did not our nation kick God out of its schools when they said in the case of Abington versus Shemp, I believe the year 1963, that it's no longer legal for a teacher to pray in a classroom? And then later said this book is no longer allowed to be read and taught in the classroom. Ingratitude led to ignorance. We have a generation today, they don't know God. That's led to a generation of iniquity. Verses 5 and 6, they have illnesses. Why should you be stricken anymore? Do you know more people die of drug overdose? and alcohol consumption, all of these preventable, but ingratitude leads to ignorance that leads to iniquity that leads to illness. And I say this seriously, we have a mental illness in America, and if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and then you have iniquity, and then you have illness of every kind. Verse number 7, they suffered invasion. Verse number 11, they face religious insincerity. Verse 21, they faced injustice. That word's used every day. Verse 22, they suffered inflation. Verse 23, they suffered irresponsibility. Ask any business owner today, do you have enough employees that you can trust? Do you need some good, respectable, hard-working, decent, honest employees? You know where all this began? You know where irresponsibility? Do you understand in World War II, 19, 17-year-old boys who was willing to lie and say, I'm 18, so they go fight for the country? We have irresponsibility. You know where it came from? Ingratitude. And so this morning, all of us need to say, Thank you, God. Yes, I love America. I love this old flag right here and what it represents. 
I'm thankful for the stars that represent the states, and I'm thankful for the colors, the red, the white, and the blue. I'm thankful for the veterans who fought and died and gave, and the families that gave of their sons to shed their blood that you and I could have freedom to be here today. I'm thankful for that. Ah, but dear friend, our purpose here today is to look toward heaven with our hearts and minds and our lips and say, thank you, God. Stand with me, if you will, if you're here today and you don't know Christ as Savior. You ought to trust Christ as your Savior today. If you're here today and you've been saved and haven't followed the Lord in believer's baptism, you ought to follow Him today. If you believe it's the will of God for you to be a part of this church family, you ought to come today. To be a member of our church, you need to be saved and baptized in a Baptist church of like faith or willing to do so. And I want you to do the will of God, folks. Let's go to work. Saying God is the one that's a giver of goodness. Heavenly Father, I praise you today. And I thank you for the many blessings that I enjoy. I'm thankful for the freedom to live and serve and preach in these United States of America. I'm thankful, Lord, for the privilege of being able to work and provide for my family. Lord, I understand that none of that would be possible without your goodness and your grace on our nation. So today we praise you. Today we thank you and help us, Lord, to be faithful in thanking you by being in our place every Sunday, being in our place of service for you. May your will be done in our invitation.